Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. There are plenty of recruiting battles left this last official visit weekend of 2022. And still more praise coming in for Billy Napier's staff and portal. Here we go on this episode of Gators Breakdown. In this episode of Gators Breakdowns, brought to you by my bookie. Use our promo code Gators to get your first ever deposit match dollar for dollar. Bet anything, anywhere, anytime with my bookie. Want more Gators Breakdown? Join Gators Breakdown Plus. Starting at $3 a month, get access to unique episodes, plus a blog, chat room, giveaways, shoutouts, and more. Gators Breakdown Plus is furthering the interaction with fans and listeners like you. Head to gatorsbreakdown.supportingcast.fm to join Gators Breakdown Plus today. Gators Breakdown. Because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown Podcast is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters, and you can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Coming at you, you can still still hear it a little bit, trying to clear everything all up, but uh, I won't hold let that hold off on bringing you another episode of Gators Breakdown Plenty to get into with recruiting, of course. National Signing Day coming up next week. And uh, some more praise from 24-7, from ESPN on Billy Napier's staff, his transfer portal acquisitions there. So going a long way in helping Florida turn this thing around and maybe a little bit fast there with the transfer portal. But plenty to get into. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Really, really helps us out here on Gators Breakdown. If you're watching there, Live on YouTube really helps us on that YouTube YouTube algorithm. Their formula that they put out there, like, subscribe. If you're on that podcast platform, Apple or Google, leave us a review. Rate us five stars. All that good stuff. All that good stuff there. But right, let's get into the episode here. Look, skill. Skill talent acquisition. You know, we talk about recruiting and Billy Napier, of course, the talent acquisition business. But right now for Florida, skill players got a, you know, a big focus trying to finish this class up. Next week, we've seen Florida hit the defensive side of the ball hard so far in high school recruiting. You know, for the so far of the top players in this class for the Gators, Moore, Wilson, James, McClellan, Lyons. You did add skill player running back Trevor Etienne by getting his commitment a few weeks ago. And, of course, Montreal Johnson through the portal, the running back from Louisiana. 
But now Florida's tracking toward, towards National Signing Day, and running backs and wide receiver are a focus now. So, of course, right now, as we as I record this on a on a, on, the, on the Thursday here of this week, Javante Citizen, the line, uh, running back from Louisiana, visiting by himself, unofficial visit for two days in Gainesville on Wednesday and Thursday, before he visits Miami this coming up weekend. Still going to come down to being LSU in the mix as well, setting up. Look, I just talked about skill player just a little bit, but another. Fascinating storyline <laughs> going up to National Signing Day next week. Citizen, Jacoby Matthews, Harold Perkins, battles Florida, LSU going head-to-head in. Of course, throw in Texas A&M, Texas in these battles as well, but a bulk of these battles are going to be Florida-LSU battles. Florida at Florida-LSU at the top of these battles – Fighting those other schools as well, but man, it's most of these battles seem to be Florida, LSU, all I mean, all the connections of playing each other every year. The hiring of Billy Napier, when a lot of people in Louisiana, close to Louisiana, close to the LSU program, thought Billy Napier should have been targeted by LSU, thought they should have went after him. Gators getting Corey Raymond, Billy Napier bringing him in on his first staff. And now all these recruiting battles over the top targets on Florida's board. Matthews, Perkins, especially those two. It's going to be fun. I mean, this rivalry for with Florida LSU already at a high level. But these, these storylines from the recent weeks only bolster that. And you're going to hear a lot about these battles coming up. Uh, and Florida, Florida can send a huge message uh, in getting these targets from the splash hire that Brian Kelly was for LSU. Uh, and, and look, if it, if it happens, I, I hope it comes with the national spotlight because that, that it would be worth it, it. It would be worth that. I was on the Bill King show earlier this week. Um, and Bill asked, you know, if, does it seem quiet uh, around Florida right now? And I agreed with him from a national scope. It kind of has been. But, of course, from my personal angle and what we do here, absolutely not. Covering recruiting, all the hires Florida has made. Uh, but in Bill asking that, it made me think that, you know, it's still those splash hires out there that garnered the attention. They were going to garner the attention. We said that when Billy Napier was hired. But now, you know, Brian Kelly at LSU, Lincoln Riley at USC, those are still going to be the main storylines. But you go to next week and let Billy Napier kill these big recruiting battles, starting with Citizen. And like, I'm not so high on that one right now, even with just kind of the way it's played out, the unofficial visit during the week and stuff. But Matthews and Perkins in there too. I won't throw away the Citizen visit here and, and, and shy it away. Florida's still going after it. But you get Napier next week to win these battles, kill it with these next battles, light some sparks. That is shins, that 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 is send some shockwaves uh, next week. So this look, this 2022 class already a foundation, nice foundation as far as transition classes go. The work Napier's done, put up to this point in this class. I think this made us feel comfortable moving forward, but win a battle or two here. 
that, man, you can feel even better, <laughs> I think, about moving forward. It may not have any effect moving forward. I think this uh, 2023 class for next season, I think it's going to be great regardless of what happens here in these next few days with these big battles. But, land these battles, and it just bolsters the perception of Florida, which never hurts, of course. Recruiting perception matters. Um, but no, I'm not going to make too much of it if it doesn't happen. I think 23 is going to be a great class in its own right. I don't think it has any effect. But, man, what some great storylines it would be to come out of that, come out of next week with these huge wins right here on the, story, uh, on the recruiting trail. But, all right, let's get back there. As I mentioned, skill player. I just had went off on the tangent there of how big this could be for Florida, being with Citizen on campus and battling LSU and stuff here. But so there's you. I mean, my running back position, Florida pretty much set. We'll get into one more little running back storyline in just a second with some visits coming up this weekend uh, for Florida. But talking just more skill player acquisition here as far as news goes. And the Citizen, you know, we'll see where that visit uh, ends up. It, it will end on Thursday. Uh, and you know, Florida, Florida's staff still going out there. They're not staying on campus the whole entire time. Uh, with them. They're still out there making visits to other states, other, other players out there. So while Citizen on campus by himself gets the concentration of the staff while the staff is on campus, they still have their job to do to go out as well and recruit other guys. All right, so wide receiver Caleb Douglas – Talked about Florida-LSU. Well, here's another Florida-LSU battle, more than likely. Florida leads going in to his LSU visit this weekend. Before Billy Napier, Kerry Colbert visiting him. 51 catches, 984 yards, eight touchdowns. I think Florida needs help and bodies at wide receiver. I think it'd be a good pickup here. I think this would be... Start looking at the skilled player talent that you can put in this class. Caleb Douglas is at the top of the list right now. Good to hear Florida still leads. Uh, but just one more of those Florida LSU battles to watch out for next week. Wide receiver Caleb Douglas. Wide receiver DJ Allen out there as well as another skilled player to look out for. Battling TCU there. Uh, not so fuzzy about that one. He's going to visit Florida this weekend. Uh, but I think Caleb Douglas – Arliss Boardingham, there's your, your two wide receiver skill player guys that I think if Florida's going to sign them next week, there's your two. Uh, but interesting with the Douglas, another Florida LSU battle, just really to see how all those play out, of course. So, you know, skill player, Florida's got to get better uh, there to finish this class, and we'll see um, if they can wrangle in these guys here too. Defensive line, Caden Story, Story received a visit from Billy Napier this week as well. And the headline from that, Billy Napier losing the story in, the game, in games of horse. Three times. <laughs> not sure, uh, I'm not sure if Florida has enough to pull this one in after Story visited Clemson last week. He's very high on Clemson. Dabo is visiting again this week. He's a former Auburn commit, so they're in the mix too. But Florida has a work, a lot of work for him to cut out uh, to be the pick, I believe. That will fall just a bit short. We'll see. I mean, Florida does have a visit this weekend. Maybe can make up some ground this weekend. 
the story we'll be visiting Gainesville this weekend. So speaking of this weekend, upcoming visits coming up for the Gators this week. And I mentioned the Javante Citizen visit this week, getting the skilled players. One worth watching out for. Georgia running back commit Jordan James will be on campus for his official visit to Florida this week. And there's some thought out there Georgia may not be pursuing, may not be pushing as hard as they once were for James, four-star running back. And Florida's going to put themselves in the mix here. So how does Florida feel about Citizen after their two-day visit this week? And with – do they get the idea or just from Citizen that it's not really going to happen – Will he string Florida along to National Signing Day? Will Florida push harder for James this weekend? Maybe Florida just gets that feeling anyway from citizens. So there's going to be an interesting storyline to watch at running back heading to National Signing Day next week. First of all, I mean, Florida's got to nail the visit for James this weekend too, so not saying it's just a Florida decision here. But Florida can put themselves in a position to get a highly skilled running back. Maybe Georgia does not want to pursue any longer. I heard, you know, if he wants to sign with Georgia, he probably has a spot for Georgia. But the thought is there. Georgia's not really pushing all that hard. Communication's probably not once it what, what it once was for running back Jordan James committed to Georgia right now. So can Florida put themselves in shape here if they decide to pursue further? Caden Story's going to visit this weekend, as I mentioned. Michigan Edge commit Kevante Henry also set for his visual visit. You know, Florida's getting in on that one kind of late here. Another interesting. Storyline, we've talked about this position a whole lot. Tight end Danny Lewis, committed to Cincinnati at one time, decommitted from Cincinnati, put his name in the mix with Florida, LSU, got that LSU offer, decommitted from Cincinnati. So what's the storyline there? Florida, of course, we know what's Hayden Hansen. You got the commitment from him. Tony Livingston got the commitment from him this class, but Florida's still pursuing Danny Lewis at this tight end position. So, whoo. Florida got to figure out something there to tight end number eventually, eventually. DJ Allen, wide receiver, will also visit this weekend. And also, here we go. One I definitely want for a couple reasons. Got to rep my Jacksonville boys here, but also in-state offensive tackle from Creekside St. Augustine, Matthew McCoy. Staff has visited him twice in the last couple weeks in person. He will make his official visit this weekend. He's a rising offensive lineman, three-star from the state of Florida. Uh, Miami's in the mix, too. So I think this is going to UCF uh, as well. So Florida-Miami-UCF battle. It'd be good to get McCoy here. Uh, You can't have too many. Florida right now cannot have too many bodies at offensive line. Florida needs better offensive linemen. So this is not anywhere near a plug-and-play offensive line, but fast riser right now in the recruiting rankings. We'll see where Matthew McCoy ends up. But like like to get his services coming up here for the Gators. So maybe Florida knocks that one out of the park. National signing day coming up. And Matthew McCoy is in this class. But Florida just needs needs to infuse along the offensive line. Now it's coming up, of course, ESPN praising Billy Napier's transfer portal work and more high praise for this staff that he has assembled so far as well. But before we get there, let's keep the excitement of the NFL playoff season going with my bookies double deposit bonus. All you have to do is sign up, use promo code Gators, get your funds credited to your account instantly so you can start placing your bets with my bookie. 
It's NFL Championship Weekend. Every player will be out to make a name for themselves. Plenty of player props out there as well to find an edge. My bookie also, home to exclusive contests that can be used to maximize your winnings. Don't miss out. Double your first deposit up to $1,000 by using promo code GATERS. Place your bets and get ready for intense playoff action. If it's anything like last week, you just do some more. Do some more on those games. Get even more excited. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. All right, let's go transfer portal talk and just the notion out there of how Billy Napier is killing it <laughs> right there uh, in, in a couple of ways. Also got some Gators Breakdown Plus listener questions coming up to end this episode. Uh, so plenty more to get into here. But here's what ESPN had to say on Billy Napier's transfer portal work. New coach Billy Napier has been adding to his roster to try to build the team as fast as possible. Michigan State Mel Tucker has shown new coaches have the ability to make quick transition if the portal is used properly. And Napier's going to need players he's familiar with from his stop at Louisiana. Or he's going to players he's familiar with. Bringing over two important offensive linemen, Osiris Torrance, of course, Cameron Waits. Now, look, this is kind of they – they throw the Mel Tucker – model out there, but those are a lot of instant impact guys. Florida with their transfer portal, or Cyrus Torrance, absolutely instant impact. Might be one of the top three to five instant impact players in the portal right now. One, for what Florida needs. Two, he's just that good. Montreal Johnson at running back as well, so we'll get into that, but I don't see this as a as a Mel Tucker model. I'm not sure how many instant impacts you're going to get from this. this is Still, some of these guys Florida got are still long, looking long-term, too. So we'll get into that in just a second. But you know, kind of the way I, I look at it, I don't think it's uh, setting up for you – know, this is really setting up for a quick transition. You hope it does, but I'm not sure that's the – it's going to help. Torrance, Kimber, Johnson – but, you know, Jack Miller, I think we all look toward AR for the quarterback position. So, um, continuing on what ESPN has to say. He's bringing over two important offensive linemen, Osiris Torrance, Cameron Waits. Torrance, three-year starter at Louisiana, part of an offensive line that was a finalist for the Joe Moore Award, given to the top offensive line unit in 2020. Waits, only a freshman, will be able to compete, provide for help for a few years after signing. So, yeah, I mean, they – Agree. Waits just doesn't have the experience uh, right now to be that plug and play. Napier also adding former Louisiana running back Montreal Johnson, 838 yards, 12 touchdowns last season. Napier also adding Ohio State quarterback Jack Miller, Georgia defensive back Jalen Kimber. And what should also be considered portal win for Napier is that both defensive linemen, Dante Zanders, Lloyd Summerall, both withdrew their names from the portal and decided to stay at Florida. Um, Xander's, I mean, that's not, yeah, that's a kind of hold even there. I mean, it's not a big time contributor for this Florida team was not Lloyd Summerall more based on potential, of course, uh, from his recruiting profile and, 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 but still good because especially where Florida needed it, defensive line needs some more depth, Summerall rusher, Florida needs to help there, especially with the way we weren't sure at the time, Britton Cox, Chris Bogle is gone. 
Brenton Cox weren't sure injury status if he was coming back or going to the NFL. Uh, but Lloyd Summer also, just with the recruiting profile, with the staff, you hope lives up to that uh, four-star billing he came up with there. So high praise there from ESPN, Billy Napier, and a lot of it because of instant impacts. I just don't – I don't see the – Mel Tucker, Michigan State instant impact here. Uh, so, but the potential with Torrance, Montreal Johnson, and Kimber too, um, as well, just to provide that depth piece, a defensive back. But how big of an impact, of course, still remain to be seen. More high praise for this staff. Brandon Marcello, 24-7 Sports. Place Billy Napier's staff as the number one new staff in college football with an A-plus grade. Now, remember on the last episode of Gators Breakdown, Adam McClintock, Matrix Analytical, joined us, also had this staff, his top-ranked new staff in college football by using all their analytics that they share with schools and athletic directors and, and, and coaches. They all use those analytics from Matrix Analytical. So high praise there as well. If you didn't get a chance to listen to that, go back and listen but plenty to be high on with this Gator staff. But Marcelo, here's what he had to say on 24-7 Sports. Napier built the best group of five staff in the country at Louisiana, so it's no surprise he used the same blueprint to hire the top names in the sport and tweak a few responsibilities at Florida. He brought four assistants from the Raging Cajuns to Gainesville, including defensive coordinator Patrick Toney, pilfered a pair of coaches from SEC rivals, including recruiting extraordinaire Corey Raymond, rated the Big Ten for a running backs coach, dipped into the NFL for two more assistants, and also hired two coaches to handle the offensive line. Why two offensive line coaches? Why not? Most programs have two coaches leading five-man secondary, so why do teams not? So why do teams trust one coach to lead all five positions along the offensive line? That's Napier's thinking. Of course, that's what he told us at his opening press conference. Florida gets the honor of the best new staff of the offseason with a wide variety of coaches and experience, a new hiring philosophy along the offensive line, and greatest tagline for a special teams coach in the country, game changer, coordinator. <laughs> for the health of the program, Napier power wash the facility, rid of Dan Mullen's entire staff, and that might be the best development. Ooh. So even... Everybody out there away from Florida knew the issues of Dan Mullen's staff, not just Dan Mullen himself and whether he's interested, not interested, blah, blah, blah. Well, part of that interest come from, okay, well, what staff moves are you making? What are you doing to get the team better? That never happened. You know, the loyalty and all that, you had some staff moves earlier in Dan Mullen's tenure. Okay, got better in some regards. But the loyalty to Grantham, loyalty to Hevesy, the willing – the unwillingness to change until you absolutely had to, until it was absolutely too late. Okay, well, there you go. Napier, power wash the facility, rid it of Dan Mullen's entire staff. And that might be the best development. Yes, it's the best development. This is a really good staff, Billy Napier's assembled. And we've hear, we're hearing it from outside people now. This is not me. This is not a, another Florida Gator podcast or website out there. This is national praise from neutral observers. I mean, Adam McClintock, you saw everything he had to say last the episode of Gators Breakdown. Neutral observer, analytical observer, things that they piece together. Outside sources, great staff Florida's putting together. 
Brandon Marcello, 24-7. Best staff in the country right now. New staff in the country right now. Ranking above Oklahoma. Ranking above LSU. Ranking above USC. All those splash hires that were made. It's Billy Napier who went and looked, didn't get all of his top choices. We all know the names. We all know the rumors. We all know all that was out there. Not every coach getting in. That's not a slam on Billy at all. Every coach is not going to go get their top target. You see what Miami's going through right now, trying to put their staff together. But he had a plan in place. If he didn't get this guy, he wouldn't got that guy. If he didn't get plan A, he wouldn't got a very, very close, close B, plan B. Billy Napier had a plan. He did not wade by and just let it go by. Recruits, visits are happening. Guys are on staff. Now, of course, it did take some time for those staff to be complete and coaches to get or players to get involved with position coaches and all that. But who he got out of it and some of the targets, you, you know what was happening. So high praise there for Billy Napier's staff, but not completely done. The on-field staff is, but one that needs to be put out there too, Chase Clark being retained and promoted from Dan Mullen's staff. Like I said, you know, that's the on-field staff. That's what we were talking about earlier. Got rid of the entire on-field staff. That might be the best development, as Brandon Marcello said. But Chase Clark added assistant for college personnel on-campus recruiting. Napier announced this week. A native of Birmingham, Alabama, Clark has spent the past three seasons with the Gators after joining the program in 2019 as an assistant director of player personnel. In his role during the past three years, Clark assisted the evaluation of players and recruiting. Prior to, Clark, or prior to Florida, Clark served as director of recruiting at UAB for the 2018 season, worked as an intern for the Seattle Seahawks in 2019, graduated from the University of Alabama in 2016, began his career in player personnel with the Crimson Tide from 2012 to 2016, son of former Gator and all-SEC kicker Brian Clark. From 78 to 781. So look, Chase Clark loved keep uh, love keeping him around. There was not a lot of bright spots from the behind the scenes staff. I mean, ultimately complete staff, but definitely behind the scenes staff of Dan Mullen and the staff he put together. As far as recruiting goes, just pure recruiting. Nothing to do with on-field coaching, nothing to do with analysts, quality control, none of that. As far as recruiting goes, pretty much the only holdover from the last staff that played a role in recruiting and will continue to as well. Weren't many, look, we know that. Weren't many pieces from that last staff worth keeping in the recruiting aspect. But Clark was one of them. I was hoping he'd be one of them. Hoping this would happen. He sticks around. Um, from people I know who've been on visits to Florida, was one of the ones he they would point out to say, yeah, he's the he's the one that's different. <laughs> it's uh, he, he knows what he's doing, and we've seen that pay off the last couple cycles, especially in a state that he's very familiar with in Alabama, very instrumental in that state. Recruiting the last couple cycles, especially the linebacker position, Shamar James this past cycle, Shamar James was glowing about this and keeping Chase Clark on, and Scooby Williams as well from the last class. So. Billy Napier doing his due diligence, going through 
some experience from the last staff. Chase Clark sticks on with the Gators. All right, time to end this episode with some Gators Breakdown Plus member questions. Thank you, Gators Breakdown Plus members, for sending those in on short notice before this episode. Everybody, there's a link in the description. If you want to join Gators Breakdown Plus, you get custom, unique episodes, chats, access to the Discord, message board, chat room, so much fun interacting with you all there. So link is in the description. Join Gators Breakdown Plus. Thanks for all the support out there. But here we go. Let's start with Swagadelic. And will Anthony Richardson be 100% for spring practice? 100%. I probably could not put that number on it. But in asking around, look, I've not even asking around just because of this question coming. Asking around because I want to know. <laughs> Anthony Richardson heading into spring practice. We saw him in that first workout video Florida sent out. The team's coming out of the tunnel, into the swamp, camera, and probably on purpose, sitting there showing Anthony Richardson's face, coming out with the rest of the team. Hopefully that's a good sign. But in asking around from people who would know a little bit closer, who know Anthony, everything is good right now. Spring practice starts hopefully sometime March-ish, early mid-March. Plan is, right now, he'll be on the field for spring practice. Now, would I say 100%? I can't put a number on it. I don't think he, nobody's putting a number on it right now uh, from who I'm talking to, but that he will be available. No setbacks, anything like that. He'll be available to go for spring. Good news, of course, for the Gators. You want, with this transition, into a new offense, Anthony Richardson to be able to lead the charge, hopefully replicate a lot of that ceiling play that we saw Florida's got some numbers at, at the quarterback position heading into spring, but you want your 50 to 1 Heisman odd guy out there <laughs> to be leading the charge. We know for, look, for Florida to be their best team, for this transition to be fast, it's going to have to be Anthony Richardson leading the charge. So from everything I can tell, Swag, from asking around, from people who know Richardson even away from football, I won't put 100% on it, but he should be available for spring practice. Fluke says, or ask, who do you think will make up the attrition we need to sign the ones we want? All right, so for this, I won't go into names too much of who I don't think will last or make the team or don't want to be a Gator. I, no, it, more position group here. We've discussed this a bit recently. Of course, we'll start and stay. Well, we'll stay with quarterback just with the AR talk we just had. But Richardson, Miller, Emory Jones, Carlos Del Rio, Jalen Kidna, and now add commit Max Brown. We, you know, we just discussed this last episode. Florida's not taking that many quarterbacks into, into fall camp. You, you can't. There's no, no reasoning for it, for one. There's very little reason to think all those guys are going to be on the roster when fall camp rolls around. So you have the Emory rumors, of course, of him transferring, not transferring. He graduates soon. So does that play into it? You have to think he's still a candidate. We'll have to see how how spring practice goes. Jalen Kitna, specifically targeted, maybe even a reach for the last staff, but for being a particular fit. 
you know, you saw the offense with Kyle Trask and how it was different from what Dan Mullen did. And I think they were trying to target, you know, more quarterbacks like that. Does he fit Napier's offense? A lot of this is just about fit. It's not just about being good enough or not being good enough. Do you fit? Do you fit in the change? I don't see how it's justifiable keeping that many quarterbacks going into fall camp. So you got you have to start at quarterback if you want to look at attrition numbers. Tight end, another position. It's a tight, and it's a position Florida's still recruiting right now. <laughs> so that tight end, nobody's safe. I don't, I don't care how long you've been around. Zip, Odom, Elksness, Wilcox. There's two tight ends in this offense a bit with Billy Napier. But I can't see this position group taking all those players, also adding Livingston, also Hanson. Still recruiting who you're recruiting, as we discussed earlier. Florida's still pursuing tight ends. I don't see how all the guys that are on the roster, all the guys you're recruiting fit. Maybe so. But if you've got to start looking for where Florida's going to make some room on the roster, what positions have an influx of numbers? Quarterbacks one, tight ends another. And now this one won't necessarily be because of numbers, but wide receiver. You know, with a change in offense, Florida isn't heavy at wide receiver number-wise, but you could see a losing player there. What if they don't like the beginnings of a, of a run-based approach offense? Not saying that it happened, but it's certainly possible. Least likely spot based on numbers. There's plenty of play-in time there, I think. But if you're a young guy, a change in offense, not getting play-in time, based on style of play, you have an opportunity somewhere else. So those are positions of offense, quarterback, wide receiver, tight end, quarterback, tight end, more because of numbers, wide receiver, maybe just because of change in offense. Defense as a whole already been hit by the portal, so I don't see much movement on the defensive side of the ball. So, I mean, it's uh, this number situation is going to be tricky. I don't usually worry about numbers all that much. They usually work themselves out. It's just something I don't necessarily really get caught up into a whole lot. But if you're going to look on defense, I think you really key in on the defensive backfield. A lot of numbers there. Some guys don't see some time this put look and a lot of this is going to be portal action for Florida is pretty much done till spring. Guys are going to see where they stand after spring. So I think Helm, Avery Helm, Jaden Hill, I think um you look there. If those guys really want to be that number two and don't see the playing time, if they're not the number two guy, do they go start looking elsewhere? Both with experience. If they're not starting opposite Jason Marshall, could one of them leave? Battles at safety, trading, Torrance, McDaniel, McMillan, Collier, Mitchell. So the battles at cornerback, the battles at safety. Added in with the class that's coming in, that includes Kimber from the transfer portal, Wilson and Moore, hopefully Matthews comes in too. There may need to be some movement in defensive backfield numbers-wise the Gators are going to make room for 85. So you see you see the path. You see some position battles that could lend itself to attrition. Just 
for guys who don't win those battles. I'd like to see all those DBs stay, but in this offense where or defense where it's been kind of shared to us that they're going to they're, they're going to play a lot of DBs. If you're a younger guy, don't see your way breaking through with an influx coming in through the transfer portal through the 2022 class. Collier, Mitchell, you know, Torrance, McDaniel. What, what do those guys do? Trey Dean decided to come back, of course, so he's not going anywhere. So interesting to see how all those battles play out. And if guys leave because of those, not winning those battles. All right, here we go. J-Man the Juice. As of right now, where our class stands, do we think, who do we think has the best chance to make all SEC freshman team? I don't really see anybody because I don't see anybody getting a whole lot of chance to play as a, as a true, as a true freshman. Um, and that's not a knock on their talent by any means. I just, Devin Moore, probably the only one. Does Hill bounce back from his injury? Avery Helm, I think, inconsistent performance in 2021. Devin Moore moving from safety to corner. So I do think that gives you an ability there to let him go play a bit more. Because I think Florida's heavy at safety in numbers, and I don't see somebody like – I think Kamari Wilson has a chance to play early. Does he play in every Collier McMillan as far as young guys go? I don't think so. Certainly has the – Body type you want to see from a true freshman coming in and maybe trying to make a, a name for himself. But if you had to give me the best chance, I'd probably I'd probably go Devin Moore. Um, just what he's shown in the All-Star game lately as well. And I know all the rankings talk that's out there of guys raising and lowering rankings right before National Signing Day. I don't get into all that too much either. But um, Devin Moore, like what I – like what I saw from him. I like his size. I like his length. His athleticism to get on the field early. Probably my best chance for anybody in this class to go all SEC freshman team. Really hard to forecast that. Really hard to forecast that. Last one here, Double D. Do you think Arch Manning is a real target or just Billy Napier doing his due diligence with high-level quarterback? Um, That's a really good question, Double D. I'm going to lean probably more just due diligence. And the only reason I say that is Napier hasn't been a head coach long enough to really have that quarterback pedigree yet. Going back to Levi Lewis at Louisiana, that's pretty much it. Uh, So now do you have the recruiting chops to say, hey, I need. I just need a quarterback like you. But you know what can he show? First of all, what's you know what is Arch Manning's visit schedule like coming up this spring, this summer? 
when is his decision, Tomlin? Does he want the decision before fall camp? If he does, I think that's the latest I heard. You know, does he can he wait till he sees what Billy Napier puts on the field in the fall? I think that's part of it too. You want to see what this Florida offense looks like. If you're going to go sell it on the recruiting trail to a quarterback like Arch Manning, you could have all the conversations in the world you want. You can say and show, hey, this is how we want to use you. But for a coach who's still kind of early in his tenure like Billy Napier, really only has one quarterback to point to. I find it kind of a, a difficult sell at the at the moment. Now, don't get me wrong. I think he's a real target. I don't know what the reciprocation is from Arch Manning's side when you have Georgia and you have Alabama and you have LSU and Ole Miss and, you know, offensive coordinators and coaches out there that can re- – I mean, honestly, this not a knock on Napier. It just has more to sell right now at that moment or you know, for that aspect of if you're a five-star quarterback, do you take a chance on Billy Napier right now or do you want to go play Lane Kiffin or whoever – at the time, Alabama's going to have as an OC. Or, I mean, Georgia, you know, is able to keep pulling them in and not really a lot to point to at the quarterback position either. So there is a pathway. There. I mean, Tom Munkin re- does have a good reputation in coaching circles, so that speaks to a little bit as well. But there's somewhat of a path there if you kind of just look at that. And not really a lot of production to point to. Five-star sitting on the bench. Okay. So right now, I'm going to say due diligence that I hope turns into more than that. He's definitely a real target. I just don't know how he feels about Billy Napier, the inexperience, and how that would translate to where he ends up playing. So all right, everybody, there's Gators Breakdown Plus members, Double D, J-Man the Juice, Fluke, Swagadelic, Thanks so much for sending those questions in. As I said, everybody, if you want to join Gators Breakdown Plus, help support us a bit more out there. The link is in the description. But that will do it for this episode of Gators Breakdown with National Signing Day coming up next week. We'll have you covered here. Try and get Corey Bender on early next week for Signing Day Preview. Then, of course, be with you all day on Wednesday for National Signing Day coverage. Big episode that night. Hopefully we're talking about Perkins and Matthews and all these top targets out there making their way to Gainesville. Should be fun to cover it all. But we'll have you covered here next week on Gators Breakdown with National Signing Day. I'm the host of Gators Breakdown, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Guys and girls out there, thanks for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown.